10 News Conference. It continues now with Rhode Island State Representative Deb Ruggiero, a Democrat representing Jamestown, running to be your next lieutenant governor. So, Deb, thanks so much for being here with us today. Thank you, Allison. Good morning. Yeah, good Grateful morning. to be here. It's nice to see you. Yes. Um, you've been in the State House for quite some time, and everybody kind of associates you with Jamestown, but your Rhode Middletown. Island story. Middletown, too. I thank have you. Too. Middletown and Jamestown, <laughs> but everybody does say Jamestown all the time. But, um, you, you, you were born and raised in Providence. So tell us a little bit about your story yeah. and why you're, why you're running. Sure. Yes, I was born in Providence uh, on uh, Branch Avenue. Cento por cento italiano, <laughs> molto importante, right? Yes, and especially our, in Rhode Island. Exactly. And our family uh, moved to Lincoln, so I'm a, a product of the public schools in Lincoln. And I was the first generation to actually go to college, Boston College. I studied English and communications, and in my senior year, I interned at a Boston st uh, CBS station, um, Soft Rock 103, oh. and they actually hired me to be on air when I graduated. So I came home and I said to my grandmother, Lillian Angeloni, I said, Emma, <laughs> I am going to be a disc jockey. And she says, Madonna me, we spend all of that money to send you to college and you're going to ride horses? Right, and I right. said, no, I'm going to talk on the radio. But Jane uh, would like to hear that. Yes. So I pivoted and then I began a career in uh, radio and TV sales and mm -hmm. management, uh, negotiating and closing deals. And then 10 years ago, I started my own advertising and marketing company. So I'm a small business woman. And, that's how you uh, pay the bills, yes, right? Yes, that's right. We're a part-time legislature. And what brought you down to the southern part of the state? Mm -hmm. Well, you know, I love being down in Jamestown. It's a lovely place, and it's been an honor to serve Jamestown and Middletown, as you mentioned, for 14 years mm -hmm. as a state rep. And the cornerstone of my policy has been the four E's, the economy, education, the environment. You know, I've done a lot of our renewable energy laws in this state, and our elderly. And I see the lieutenant governor's office as a platform to really launch the environmental work with the Act on Climate, which I co-sponsored, and making it a platform for our older citizens. So people that's what I wanted to ask plus. you about. Like, yes. You've been very successful, a lot of people will say. People know you very well as a state rep. Why go from that position to the lieutenant governor position? Because for many, many years, a lot of people have felt like that's kind of just a lame duck position. But you yeah. want to change that is what you're telling me? Totally. And it has so much untapped potential with the right leadership. The lieutenant governor's office is an independent, separate office, mm -hmm. and I want to make it a platform, as I said, for our older citizens. Far too long they've been in the shadows. Our parents want to age in place. We want to age in place. And in Rhode Island, you know, we spend only 22% of our Medicaid billing on home care, where most states are spending like 45%. So we've got some work to do. The Office of Lieutenant Governor is responsible for the Long-Term Care Coordinating Council. I it's don't think a lot dormant. of people know that. That's right. People don't realize in the statute what the Lieutenant Governor even is supposed to be doing. Right. So that has been dormant for seven or eight years. I want to put that on steroids. It's so interesting right now because when Governor Raimondo was around, you didn't see much Dan McKee. Dan McKee becomes our governor and now we see Sabina Matos everywhere. Potentially she's the front runner right now because people sure. know her name statewide. Why do you think you're a better candidate than her? Mm -hmm. We have seen a lot of her right now, but you're saying that's okay. I want to be 
I want to be up next. Why? Because I think it's about the life sum of your experience and my 14 years in the legislature, working, understanding policy, working with the governor's office, the Senate, the House, eight years sitting on House finance, framing the state budget, mm -hmm. being a businesswoman, understanding the business community, you know, and I chaired the small business committee. At the end of the day, I really think it's about experience, capabilities, and I have a vision of how we can take an office like that and really make something out of it. And we owe it to our seniors. Think about our parents, mm -hmm. our grandparents. You know, they came to this country. They made a life in this state. They worked so hard. We are standing on their shoulders, and we owe them a debt of gratitude. Well, let me ask you this. If you are elected, who do you want to work with? Who do you want the next governor to be? Can you tell us that? <laughs> <laughs> well, the, you, you made the, the point that the office is an independent, separate office. I am running straight down the middle of the road for the office. I believe that with my experience, I can work with whomever the people of Rhode Island elect as the next governor. Let's talk a little bit about ARPA funding, too, because a lot of people are wondering where all this money is going. We just heard uh, today, this is Friday when we're taping for this weekend, that the Providence uh, City Council is starting to let go of some of these ARPA dollars. What do you think? Because there's been a lot of criticism about the money not getting out the door fast enough. Mm. Would you want to do something about that? Because I think we have until 2024 to spend it. So. If you're mm -hmm. elected, this could be kind of on your plate, too. Well, as you know, serving on House Finance, we've done a deep dive on all of this uh, in all of our hearings. We have, with the $1.1 billion of federal dollars, it needs to be spent very smartly and strategically. Money has been put into affordable housing, $250 million. Money in behavioral health and mental health, which are really, really important uh, to me and to our, our constituents. Also, there's Act on Climate money. There's a lot of pockets of money where it's going to be spent. At the end of the day, we do have four years. It needs to be strategic. And one area, and again, those are all, if you think about it, the four E's that I work mm -hmm. on, the economy, the environment, education. The one thing that's been lacking has been a lot of funding in our elder service care. Mm -hmm. So I really think the Office of Lieutenant Governor can do so much more and we need to come up with an infrastructure. Mm -hmm. We have not done enough so that our seniors can age in place. You know, I like to say just because you're getting older doesn't mean you're getting old. 70s, the new right. 60 and 60s, the new 40. Oh, I like that. That sounds good. <laughs> so when it comes to education, let's talk about that because the state still is, they took over Providence Public Schools. Mm. Where do you see that maturing? We have a new superintendent of schools there. A right. lot of people are praising Dr. Montañez. If you become our next lieutenant governor, what do you want to see? Do you want to see the state still control the Providence mm -hmm. Public Schools because they still are in crisis or do you want to give it back? Isn't it a shame that we're even at that point? That's, After all these years, I would agree with you. It's really tough right there, but I believe we need a transition to get those schools back to the elected officials in Providence. It's important that the students, the parents, the teachers, it needs to go back, and that's the transition plan that I believe we need to work on in our state. Okay, what about defunding police? That topic's been coming up a lot. Where do you stand on that? I don't believe in defunding the police. I believe in diversifying the police. Okay. Does that big, mean investing more? Yeah, I very much. I believe in okay. community policing. I worked with the Police Chiefs Association and the town in Middletown, and we worked on a mental health program uh, where the police would actually ride with a mental health um, specialist. Same thing in Providence. I know working you know, with uh, Chief Clements, he's a big proponent of this, and in Newport. He has been for a very long time, yes. And, and here's the reason, Allison, just because you're having a mental health crisis does not mean it's 
a crime. And our police really aren't trained in the mental health work. So being able to team up with someone who's specializing in helping someone, as opposed to putting them in jail for a couple of days or locking them up, you take them to an emergency room and you give them the the treatment that they need. So you would invest in more social services. I believe when that when it the comes so to working hand in hand with the police department, social services are critical, mm -hmm. and you can see what's happened to a lot of our social service nets because of COVID, and the workforce. You know, so many people are leaving to move on to other jobs. So and other jobs are paying more too. Bingo. It's a big problem. Yeah. Medicaid reimbursements we've heard about too being a big problem. Let's talk about the Superman building for a second. This is big news. Even if you don't live in Providence, That's I think right. a lot of people feel like it's this crater in downtown. It's not good. It's we're not showing off our state in the proper way in mm. our capital. What do you think? A lot of people are kind of criticizing. It sounds like there's a lot of affordable housing, but is there really? Mm -hmm. And is $220 million enough? Yeah. Is right. that realistic? Well, first of all, I would love to see good paying construction jobs happen. Sure. I want to light up that building. It's been dark for way too long, right? Mm -hmm. But you hit on a couple of the concerns that I certainly have. And the first is the affordable housing. You know, 57 units, affordable housing has to be someone making between 50 and 75,000 dollars a year okay, so that means I? you know a rent's going to be a thousand twelve hundred you know what's affordable so we have to make sure we get the, you know the devil's mm -hmm. in the details the other concern is you know has providence overextended itself i don't know you know 10 million from the housing trust over 40 years at one mm percent -hmm. um i don't know uh, and a five million dollar grant the council will hopefully vet it and i'm just going to be you know, looking for the details. Having served on house finance so long, sure. I ask more questions than I have for answers, you know? Okay, all right. <laughs> uh, one more question before we close. Um, when it comes to running on a ticket with another uh, potential candidate, Massachusetts does this, would yeah. you support that in the future? Right. I know it's a, it's a process, but right. we're talking about it for the first time that a gubernatorial candidate would run on the same ticket as a lieutenant governor. Would you support that in the future? Yeah. Well, you know, it's not in any of our statutes. It's not in the state constitution and there's nothing in campaign finance. So it'll be interesting to see the political quagmire, you know, that unfolds on all so of yes that. yes or no in the future? The, my, the voters had a chance to vote for that several right. years ago and they overwhelmingly said the lieutenant governor's office is separate and distinct. If the voters decide that it should be, then that's fine. But that is not what's before us right now. I try to live yes. with intention in the present. Okay. And so I see, you know, a real opportunity sure. with the office to I'm make something I'm going to ask you one it. more time, just so I have it on the record, who are you endorsing, if anybody, for governor right now? The jury is still out. Aha. Uh -huh. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Deb, thank we want you. to thank you for being with us today. Thank you so much for what all you do in the community oh, with your yoga, pleasure. helping so many students and seniors. Yeah, thank it's a you. joy. Thank, thank you. you. Thanks all for right. being here.